Hello everyone. Welcome back to Hallelujah, I Have Breakthrough. This episode that you're about to listen to, it was actually recorded in July um, and I just never finished editing it because there was a lot of editing that needed to be done. And well, I explain it a little bit in this episode, but mostly in the last episode about um, in, in my episode about testimonies, sorry, about why I kind of went MIA. Um, but I'm back and I'm going to try to upload every week, trying to get a schedule and see what that looks like. But yeah, so I'm very excited to see what the future holds. Um, so just keep that in mind while you're listening to this episode that it was recorded in July. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to make anyone confused on anything that I say, but I just wanted to go ahead and put that out there. This episode was not recorded recently, so I'm recording a new intro, so it's kind of going to start off like in the middle of me talking because I had to cut out the old intro. Another thing that I wanted to give God praise about is the fact that there are people who are listening to this podcast literally all around the world, which is crazy because I thought like it was really going to only reach the United States. And when I look at, when I look at all the analytics from the podcast, I, of course, the majority of the pod or the listeners are in the U.S., but I also have listeners in Germany. I have listeners in South Africa, the United Kingdom, in Puerto Rico, and in a country named Oman. And I just looked it up, and it's in the Middle East. So praise God for that. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just very excited and ready to see where God is going to take things, even though like the listeners aren't. Even though I have little listeners, I am very happy that the gospel is being preached and is going out to the entire world. So honestly, that's just a blessing in and of itself. I am very, very thankful that God has um, showed people or like, yeah, showed people the podcast and I'm very excited to see where it's going to go. So thank you all for listening. And if you know anybody who can relate or who needs breakthrough or who needs the gospel shared to them or anything like that, um, feel free to share this podcast share the episodes or what or anything else um but yeah i'm very excited and i'm just so thankful that you guys are listening and i also would like to know how you found um how you found my podcast so i am gonna try to put like a poll or a question or something um and if you guys are able to just answer i think that's the only question that i want to ask so yeah um feel free to answer that and Oh, also, I have an Instagram. I just made the Instagram for the podcast. It is called H-I-H-B Podcast. So it's on Instagram at H-I-H-B Podcast. So the acronym, Hallelujah, I Have Breakthrough Podcast. So yeah, um, it should be linked. It should be linked um, on the podcast, like on the Anchor website. So yeah, or you can just find it by typing it in and searching for it that way. So yeah, I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for 
everyone that's listening, I thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you are putting on their lives, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that no one who listens to this podcast will live their life the same way, that they will live their lives radically and changed forever, for all eternity, for this life on earth, and for the life to come, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for radical change, radical deliverance, Lord. I thank you, Father, for Holy Spirit speaking to them. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the lives that are going to be changed by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, into the episode. So yeah, I don't have any notes for today. This is kind of something that came up out of the blue. Um, I have been thinking about posting um, or recording my testimony um, because I felt like I really needed to put something out. Um, and I just, I, I didn't feel like I was getting really a whole lot. Um, I was seeking God properly for a word. Um, so I, I was just going to share my testimony. Um, and today while I was sitting at my desk, I was going to record it last night, but I didn't. Um, so today while I was sitting at my desk, I was like, okay, I'm going to record my testimony tonight. And right at the end of the day, um, something dropped in my spirit and it was like, my will, my will. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'll talk about today. Um, and actually I think it was kind of a seed planted from a devotional that I read this morning. Um, and I might talk about that a little bit later on in the episode, but, um, yeah, so we're talking about God's will today. (laughs) So again, I apologize if this seems like really all over the place because that's, it, it feels a lot, it feels very strange to just not be prepared for something at all. Like, I know the general, like, idea of what I think I want to, like, what, what God wants me to say, but, um, I don't have, like, a layout. So, anyway, I'm going to be reading out of, well, I'm going to be starting in the book of John chapter 14. Yeah, John 14, 6. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, you can ask, yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And that was John 14, 6 through 14, in the New Living Translation. 
So basically, um, Jesus is talking to the disciples. And before this, he is talking about, um, I think he's saying, soon I'm going home. Um, Let me actually read it. (laughs) He's talking about trust in God and trust in him. Um, He's going to make a place for us in his father's house. And then he's going there. And that's when he starts to get into, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Anyway, what Jesus is saying is is that you're asking me to see the Father. And he's in me, and I'm in him. Everything that I've done, you've seen the Father through the works that I've done. Because of the works that he's told me to do, you've seen the Father. Because of the words that he's told me to say, you have seen the Father. You've spent all this time with me. I am in him and he is in me. You have seen the Father. You've spent all this time with me, basically, is what I'm paraphrasing um, what I just read. And now I'm going to read John five sixteen through 21 and it says so the jewish jewish leaders began harassing jesus for breaking the sabbath rules but jesus replied my father is always working and so am i so the jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him for he broke not only the sabbath he called god his father thereby making himself equal with god so jesus explained i tell you the truth The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do things, how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. So, again, Jesus is telling um, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, of that day, um, that whatever the Father does, the Son also does. And to me, when Jesus is talking about these things, what you see I do, the Father is doing. Jesus is showing us God's will. Because... Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. He is fully God and fully man. He is in the Father and the Father is in him. He is God with a flesh, earthly human body who came down here to show the will of God. And with everything that he did in his, um, in his ministry, while before he got crucified on the cross, we can see the perfect will of God through Jesus, through reading um, his life, reading the words of Jesus, reading his his the miracles that he performed, the things that he did. You can see the will of the Father by looking at Jesus and what Jesus did, because Jesus never did anything that the Father didn't tell him to do. Jesus never acted on his own accord. Jesus never did anything without considering the Father beforehand. Um, so, like, every time Jesus did something, he always prayed. He always gave thanks to God. He always um, prayed to the Father. So, yeah, like, when Jesus first started his ministry, 
um, when he got baptized by John the Baptist, um, the Holy Spirit descended, it says in the word, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. So Jesus had the Holy Spirit and he had that connection with God. He laid down his divinity, of course, but he had the Holy Spirit in him. He had to pray. Um, he he even prayed to the Father, you know. He was a hundred percent human as well as being a hundred percent God. So he had he had to pray to the Father because there were some like let's not forget Jesus was a human being too, and he passed all of the temptation that the enemy um came at him with when Jesus went out into the wilderness to be test or to be tempted. Um but yeah, he even had to pray to the Father. So we need to pray to the Father as well. Um anyway, that's beside the point. So basically what I'm trying to say is through looking at Jesus's life looking at the Gospels, reading the Gospels and everything that he did, every miracle that he performed, every healing that he performed, and everything that he said, every word that he said, you can see the will of the Father. And I'm not really going to get into this today um, because this is almost like opening a can of worms, which I don't want to really get into this today um i will definitely do it in another episode but today is not the day um but one thing that my mentor one of my mentors um is teaching me and my friends in like bible study is that the new covenant did not officially start until jesus was resurrected that is when the new covenant started. So yes, the gospels are in the new Testament and, um, Jesus was the, you know, he was the, the start of the, the new covenant, but it wasn't until after he died and was resurrected, raised back to life is when we see, um, all of the, the promises and all of the, the things from the, from the old covenant that passed away and now we have the new covenant. Um, so even, and I have to be careful with the way that I phrase this because everything in the Bible is true. The word is true, inherently true. All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And that's Second Timothy Second Timothy three sixteen. All of scripture is God breathed, and I will trust the word of God over anything. Anything. So that being said, um, Jesus, when he came, he operated under the old covenant because the new covenant hadn't happened until Jesus died on the cross and was raised back to life. That's when the new covenant started. Jesus had to operate while he was was alive. Um, before he was crucified on the cross, he had to operate under the Old Testament law, the Old Covenant law. He didn't operate under the new covenant because the new covenant wasn't, the new covenant hadn't happened yet. It wasn't made yet. 
Um, he came to fulfill that. He came not to abolish the law, not to take away the law, but he came to fulfill it. And he hadn't done that before he died on the cross. So yeah, he operated under the old covenant. So anyway, that being said, so even some of the things that Jesus said, those were things that were under the old covenant. The new covenant starts at the book of Acts. So all like the word says in in 2 Timothy 3:16 all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Other um Another translation says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do, what to teaches us to do what is right. All scripture, not just the new covenant, not just the new Testament, all scripture. So you can read out of Genesis and it's useful. You can read out of, um, psalms and proverbs and it's useful you can read out of ezekiel and it's useful um when jesus came he didn't take away the law he fulfilled it so it's not like we just erase everything that happened from before he died on the cross and was raised back to life the covenant that we're actually in starts in the book of acts so anything that happens before the book of acts that's not the covenant that I live in. Um, I don't want to say that it's not, I don't have to receive it because I can receive the blessings. I don't have to receive the curses of the Old Testament. Even like while Jesus was here, like all of the things he, he taught so much. Um, his word is useful. He is the word. So yeah, but the book of Acts and anything after the book of Acts is the covenant that we're living in now. I'm trying to think of a way to say this where it makes sense. I don't live by the Old Testament law. I don't live by the Old Covenant law. So I can't relate to all of the things that happened in the Old Covenant. But what I can relate to and what I can apply to every single area of my life is the New Covenant. So like all of the law, all of the books of the law, like Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, there are a lot of laws in there about like what you can and can't eat and like what you have to do in order to sacrifice things and who like who can do what and things that women can do and women can't do and things that men can do and men can't do and like just all of the law, like all of the offerings that had to be made, I can't relate to that because that's not the covenant that I'm in now. I can't relate to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, because they operated under the old covenant. I'm not saying that they're not relatable to me because they're humans, they're people, we're all the same, you know, um, like God created creation, God created humans. God created creation or God created humans. He made us. So I'm not saying I can't relate to people in the Bible. I, I can't relate to the old covenant because that's not the covenant that I live in. Thank God that's not the covenant that I live in. 
Um, so basically, that's what I was trying to say. Anyway, off of that subject, back onto God's will. Jesus is saying, when you see me, you see the Father. And today, the devotional that I was reading, it was actually in um, John chapter 14. And it started at the beginning of the chapter where Jesus is talking about trusting um, trusting God and trusting him. And I, it, it just hit me so hard because it was like, wow, Jesus is the center. Like he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, in the book of Hebrews says that he created our faith. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. Christ has to be at the center of our faith. He, he's, he is the center of our faith. We cannot have faith if it's not for him. Um, and the first episode that I recorded of this podcast, um, I talked about biblical faith and how to get it. Um, if you haven't listened to that, I definitely re- recommend that. But we talked about what faith is. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do we get faith? We get faith by hearing and hearing the word of God. So what is the word? Jesus is the word. So we have to we have to hear him. We have to hear his word. We have to hear him. Actually in John, John starts off his gospel saying that in the beginning was the word and he's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word. And I'm going to go ahead and read that for you. John 1:1 1, 1 says, "In the beginning the word already existed." The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Created God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought uh, brought light to everyone. The light that shines the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never ex- extinguish it. John is talking about the the creation being created through the word the word already existed jesus was already up there he was already the word but he put on human flesh to come down here and do everything that he did you know he sacrificed himself for us he walked with us um he put on human flesh and died a death that he didn't deserve but he is the word so we get faith by hearing the word and hearing the word of God. So it has to be Jesus because Jesus is the word. And I love that Jesus says, like, when you see me, you see the father because I am in the father and the father is in me. Like, we can't even see God. We can't see, like, forget heaven. Like, I mean, not forget heaven, but <laughs> like, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Yes, nobody can go to heaven if it's not for Jesus. If we don't come through Jesus, we can't go to heaven. But if you can't even see Jesus, if you don't even look, if you don't even look through Jesus, you cannot see the Father. So people um, in society, they they talk about God and they they think of God like this this force who's in control of everything. 
who's in control of of the world and people and this stuff like people have this 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 view of god like he is the controller of everything and yes god is sovereign he's on the throne um but i've heard somebody make the example of if you're a parent and the head of a household you are in charge of that household but you don't control everything that goes on in that household. You can't control what your children say. You can't control what your spouse says. You can't control what they do. Once, you know, if, you're, if your kid disrespects you, you can't control them doing that. If your kid, like, doesn't listen to you when you tell them to do something, you can't control them do that. Like, you can't, you can't make that. You can't force them. You're not in their body, like, controlling them, you know? So Jesus is saying that when you see me, you see the Father. But people have this view that this view about God, but because they're not looking at it through Jesus, through Jesus's words, through the word, the word of God, since they're not looking at it through that view, they can't even see him for what he is. They can't see him for who he is, how good and how great. That's why um, you'll hear a lot of people say that God is in control and, um, I don't know, like bad things happen and it's just God's will. It's God's will for, for these things to happen. It must've been God's will because in our minds, our human minds, we see God like, well, if it happened and if he's in control, then it had to have been his will for that to happen. And it's like, no, it's not my will for my four-year-old daughter to talk back to me and to not listen when I tell her to do something. It's not my will for her to cry um, just because I tell her no. That's not my will. But but because it happens, because she's my daughter, does that mean it's my will for that to happen? No. Like, you know? So it's not like God can control us. He gave, He gives us free will. And one way that I, I like to look at it is through the, the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and he told him, let me find it. I, I have to read it to you guys. Mark ten seventeen says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your mother and father. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. You will, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And after that, Jesus starts talking to the disciples. Um, but the man, he went away. It says, at this, the man fell, his, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus didn't force him to sell his things and give them to the poor. Jesus didn't force him. Jesus didn't strike him with a plague and make him lose all his stuff and and 
make him follow him or anything like that. Jesus modeled what free will looks like. He, you know, so God gives us free will to do the things that we want to do, even if they're not good for us. But at that, you can see free will is, is always, it always has to be taken account for. So you cannot see, basically back to my point, the reason why God is just this like mystery, like ethereal kind of being, like no one can ever understand the perfect will of God. No one can un- ever understand because God works in mysterious ways and he does mysterious things and we don't always understand. And But Jesus models the perfect will of God because Jesus says that you see me. When you see me, you see the Father, because I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. You see the Father, and the Father is in me. Jesus was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. He was fully God and fully man. So he was God here on earth. Jesus was. I think I don't there's just this weird kind of back and forth thing when it comes to like seeing Jesus because at some time like at some point we we see him like well Jesus was human and um he wasn't God so like we don't see him the way we see God for some reason but he's in the trinity like the Trinity cannot be out of out of unity with each other. There's no division in the unity. Jesus never did anything without without the Holy Spirit and without God. He never did anything. He couldn't. They cannot be out of sync, out of unity with each other. They have to be in perfect alignment. And then some and then we see Jesus as like this unattainable thing or like this unattainable like person that we can never ever be like him and a hundred percent we cannot be at the point that Jesus was at because he was he knew no sin he had never sinned the bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but through his blood we were made righteous we are no longer sinners we've been drafted from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light but we cannot reach the perfection of our soul. Our soul has been stained, you know, but we're made righteous a hundred percent. Like once you give your life to Christ, he takes every single stain. He washes you white as snow. Jesus gave us commands to heal the sick cast out demons and raise people from the dead but we look at we look at Jesus and we're like well yeah he was God though he was God like he could do all of these things because he was God there's just like such this back and forth like well Jesus was human but no Jesus was God but like he was actually both he was actually both he was a hundred percent human and a hundred percent God and 
we can see his we can see the father's will because he was God. Like I don't know how much more clear. Hopefully I'm being clear and concise and I again I'm sorry if I'm not because I'm like going through this like right now I'm processing this in this moment. We can't look at God like he's this mysterious like far off mystery that we can never understand because we have the mind of Christ first of all and second of all we have Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth and third we have the word thank God we have the word we can know the will of God it's not like it's this this thing that's like indiscoverable it's not like this thing that we're going to spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out what is the will of God. Now, the will of God for your life, I don't know. That could be something completely, you know, that's something that you're going to have to seek God for. But trust me, he's not hiding his will from us. He's put his will in his word. What is the will of God? Jesus, when he taught the disciples the Lord's Prayer, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's one of those things that kind of goes back to the old covenant. But that was already done. Basically, all I'm trying to say is God is not a mystery. God's will is not a mystery. He loves you. He's your... He's he calls you his child. He doesn't hide things from you. I know sometimes it's hard to understand, like, try to try to understand why certain things happen. And it's difficult, especially when it's personal to you. But that would be like me saying, like, if I were to walk away or, like, when I was going through that period of time that I, I was going through that season, I walked away willingly. I was not walking in alignment with God, but I couldn't say that that was God's will for me to, to be walking out of alignment with him. I couldn't say that because that was my own free will to do that. That wasn't his will for that to happen. Um, and I'm not saying that everything that happens is always your fault. Or anything like that if something is happening in your life you know but it's God's will is not a mystery God is not a mystery you have to look at God through Jesus he says that I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but through me and yes he is a talking about he's talking about eternity but at the same time if you want to see God you have to see him through the lens of Jesus like Jesus is a lens you have to see God through that lens of Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith he is the word made flesh we cannot have a relationship with God if it weren't for Jesus thank you God when Jesus um died and rose again he tore the veil and if you know anything about the Old Testament, um, 
which I don't even know a whole lot about. Um, this is just things that I've picked up from, from along the way. But, um, I mean, like the law and like priests and stuff in the old covenant, um, no one could see God except a priest. No one could pray or like pray to God except a priest. So there was a veil um, at the entrance. I don't, I'm not, I, I know I'm not going to get this right. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try um, to teach you like this is all facts. I, I can't. Um, I know that there was a veil. I know that there had to be a covering um, because regular people couldn't come into that presence with with God only the priests had access to do that so Jesus being our high priest um he tore that veil so now we have access to God now we can pray to God and now we can have a relationship with God that they weren't able to have in the old covenant which is like hallelujah thank God we have a new covenant. I don't want to be under that old covenant, which is also something that I was speaking about earlier. Um, it's starting to, to, <laughs> to all feel like it's meshing together, at least in my head. So I hope that it's coming across like a little bit more clear now. I, I really hope that you're getting some clarity on where I'm trying to go. But anyway, yeah, so Jesus, he tore that veil. So now we can see the Father. Now we have access to the Father. He's not hidden. He's not a mystery. He, Jesus tore the veil. And now through him, only through Jesus, can we have a relationship with God. You cannot, there is no way for you to have a relationship with God if it's not through Jesus first. Jesus is the way that we get saved. That's why we pray that prayer, um, asking Jesus to come into our heart and believing that Jesus died and rose again on the third day. We have to believe all of those things in order to see the Father, in order to have a relationship with the Father. You cannot have a relationship with God if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So we have to look at God through the word of God, the word made flesh. That's why you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I think I'm just going to go ahead and read um, a part of First John, to, or a part of John, the first chapter to you. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And I'm going to skip down to verse 10. It says, He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came, into his own, he came to his own people, and they rejected him. But to all who believed him, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And I'm going to skip down to verse 16. 
It says, from his abundance, we have received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Basically, that's what I was trying to say to you. (laughs) No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who himself is God is near to the father's heart. He has revealed God to us. That's proof. It's evidence. Hearing that is basically faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Like that, how, like praise God. That just gave me some faith. I got faith because hearing, like from hearing that. So essentially, if you want to see the Father, if you want to see the Father's will, you have to look at it through Jesus. Every single miracle that Jesus performed was God's will. Every And not just for the people who receive the miracle, for you too. He wants you to experience that kind of miracle. He wants you to experience that kind of healing. He wants you to experience every good gift that Jesus blessed people with. The word says that God is no respecter of persons. So if you read something in the Bible, if you read something, and it doesn't just have to be Jesus, it can be any blessing that was poured out on anyone in the word. You can receive it. He did it once and he'll do it again. So yeah, basically that is what I've, I feel like I've got, I feel like I got the message across. I feel like I said what God wanted me to say. Um, and I'm so sorry if this was hard to follow or hard to understand um, or hard to grasp. This actually was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I hope that I at least got the point across that we can know God's will. We can know his perfect will because he sent his word down. He sent himself down. He became flesh and showed us what his will was and is for all people. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go away that they shouldn't go. So if you're listening today and maybe you never saw God through the lens of Jesus, maybe you only saw him through what you thought about him, through your own lens, through your own lenses, and or maybe the lens of another person, another person's view on God, or um, maybe just something that culture or society would tell you about who God is, but now you're hearing about him through Jesus, the way that God was intended to be seen through the blood of Jesus, and you want to give your life to God today. You want to give your life to God. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer and you can make Jesus your Lord and Savior today. And 
you will be called a daughter or a son of God, of the living God, the most high king, and you will be brought into the family, the body of Christ, and you will receive the gift of eternal life. So I'm going to go ahead and lead you in that prayer now and just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I have sinned and I receive your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus lived, died, rose again just for me. Come into my heart, change me, and renew me. Help me, give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer, you can now be called a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You are now a new creature. You are now a new creation. You are not the same person that you were five minutes ago. You're not the same person that you were yesterday, five minutes ago, 10 seconds ago. You're not the same. You have been born again. And you've been taken out of the hands of the enemy, snatched from the hands of the enemy, and brought into this kingdom, brought into this kingdom of light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are now a new creation. You are now made new. You are no longer the same person that you used to be. You may look the same on the outside, you may feel the same, but the more that you walk with Jesus, the more that he changes you, the more that he renews you, the more that he changes you from the inside out. So, yeah, if you gave your life to God, I'm super proud of you. And there are angels rejoicing in heaven because there was one person who came to know God, one person who came and received his love. Um, so yeah, I thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry if this was really jumbled. And thank you for being patient. And thank you for listening. Um, I don't know if I will ever do this without some sort of notes um, again. But I really did feel led to do it this way this time. So we'll see what God says and hopefully I will get better. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I really appreciate it. Sorry I've been gone for so long, but this is something that I really do want to prioritize. There's just a lot of things going on with work, school, full-time, single mom, Bible studies, life, you know. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for staying this long if you stayed this long. And yeah, thanks for listening to the third episode of Hallelujah, I Have a Breakthrough. See you next time. Bye.